What is up, everybody? This is Adam. Welcome back to Fouled Out. Matt and I are talking about Super Bowl 57 today, the Chiefs and Eagles, the final game of the NFL season. Yeah, such a fun game every year, but so depressing that it's the end of the season. Now we're going to have to wait a whole nother like five, six months for more football. And ugh, I don't even want to think about it. But let's think about this last game today. Matt and I are going to break it down. We're going to take a look at both sides of the ball for both teams and then talk about some prop bets and kind of where we're leaning towards this game as well. It should be a super fun one. So let's go. All right, Matt is here. Matt, I feel like when I don't see you for a whole week, like it's been two weeks since we last recorded because we missed last week. And I feel like when I don't see you for a whole week that it feels like a lot longer. Like I feel like we haven't talked in six months. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know us, know us, like we generally talk every day. Maybe not like quite at that rate this past week because i think we both kind of had a lot going on uh but it just felt like there was so much more space and disconnection this past week than uh usually for sure yeah let's not lie to the people this past week was an unmitigated disaster yeah (laughs) i had an awful week and that's why we missed the podcast last week was the first week in the history of this podcast like this is our third Super Bowl. So it's been like two and a half years, yeah. over 110 episodes. Last week was the first week that we completely missed a week. So I apologize to everyone that yeah. missed us last week, but uh, my week was a disaster. I was, in yeah. Georgia, I was in Georgia for work and then I got sick. And I, can I just say something <laughs> about Georgia is if we don't shit on Georgia enough on this podcast since the Falcons <laughs> live there. So I'm in Georgia for work and I'm like watching, I'm watching a basketball game. And I was like, you know, you know what make this game a little bit more fun is if I go on my FanDuel app and place a bet. Oh boy. (laughs) Turns out that gambling is not legal in Georgia, the third world country of a state. It's awful. (laughs) What the fuck are you guys doing, Georgia? It was so bad. That was the beginning of my week. And then, I had a 4 a.m. flight out of Atlanta, which was a mess. And then I got sick and then I got my 10 month old sick. I brought the sickness home with me. Now my wife and my parents are both sick. (laughs) It's it's been like a straight downhill for me since we talked last. Oh, you're the worst. (laughs) Yeah. And in fairness, uh, our usual recording day last week, uh, I didn't get home from my last uh, visit with my client until 8 o'clock, so it would not have been a good night regardless, Uh, and I've just been swamped for a number of reasons, so yeah, it it was just not going to happen last week. Yeah, tough week for your boys, but we are back. And we're ready to talk Super Bowl 57, the final game of the NFL season. Do you get more excited for the Super Bowl or depressed? I'll put it this way. 
if I got depressed every time my team wasn't in the Super Bowl, I would be a terrible person to be around ever at any point in time. So it's it's not really a downer for me. Uh, It's a time of year where I get to go hang out with a bunch of friends, uh, maybe make some bad choices with beverages and maybe regret my choices the next day. But beyond those regrets, it's generally a pretty good time of year. It is funny for like how good of friends we are, how like in different spots we are going to be this Sunday. Yeah. Because you're going to a party where there's like a keg of some (laughs) type of craft beer on tap. Uh, Very likely in my world, I'm going to put my son to bed and then watch the game with my 15 year old nephew, which is one of my honestly, one of my favorite traditions. Marshall started watching the game with me three years Mm -hmm. ago. So we've this will be our third Super Bowl we've watched together, uh, which is awesome. But it's just Matt's going to be out partying. I'm going to be at home doing squares with Marshall, but we're both going to have a bunch of fun this weekend. I I meant more depressed because this is the official end of football season. But you you got to remember that that I'm a Lions fan, and the peak of the season for me is draft season. <laughs> oh, you guys did eliminate Aaron Rodgers from the playoffs this year. You can claim that, that is true, and there's a very real possibility we are making sure his last game in a Packers uniform is a loss to the Lions, At a home. team that he said you cannot lose to a team like that. Oh, you have done it three times in a row, bitch. Yeah, I'd, I'm looking forward to the draft, too. It's honestly like post-football season. You got about six weeks that you have to get through. Mm-hmm. And if you can get through those six weeks from when the NFL season ends to when March Madness begins, then you will have survived because you got like a banger of a schedule after that. You get like March Madness, yeah. the NFL draft, the NBA and the NHL playoffs baseball season starts like you just things just start like hitting yeah but there is this dead zone coming up we got a taste of it this weekend where Mm -hmm. there was pretty much only regular season nba on sunday and they refused to put any games on tv (laughs) except for like a 7 p.m game so yeah that's that's what we got coming is like regular season nba and regular season nhl for six weeks Uh, which I don't mind because the Boston Bruins are the best team in hockey and are having an incredible season. So uh, I'll be enjoying that. But uh, but let's talk about a game that we will watch very intently this weekend. Super Bowl 57. (laughs) I will watch it. Uh, The Chiefs and the Eagles. Eagles currently favored by one and a half. I feel like the NFL got the matchup they wanted out of conference championship weekend. I feel like chiefs Eagles is probably the most attractive for casual fans because you got Patrick Mahomes. The Eagles are in a big market in Philadelphia. They're, you know, big name. They've been the best team all season. I don't know. What do you, what's like your first impression of this game? I think it's the best team in the league going up against the best roster in the league which is always going to be an interesting matchup. So I was similar. My first thought was the best team in the league 
in the Eagles versus the best player in the league in Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So when I started looking at it, I was like, okay, is having, and not that Patrick Mahomes is the only good player on the chiefs. Cause obviously you got Travis Kelsey and you yeah. got, you know, Chris talented, Jones. Yeah. Very talented team over there. But I think what it boils down to is like, what wins this game? Is it Patrick Mahomes being special? And is mm-hmm. that enough to take down the Eagles that, you know, they've been the best team in the league all season. But then also there's still a part of me that's like, mm, are we sure they're good? Yeah. We're, we're sure. Because their two playoff wins are against the Giants. And then they dominated Josh Johnson and yeah. the 49ers last week. Yeah, I mean, that's my thing. It's like, okay, you beat quarterback four and there was no way in hell that the NFL was letting San Francisco go into the Super Bowl with quarterback five. Like, like they're just, they're just, they're just not going to let that happen. No way. Look, I don't want to take credit away from the Eagles. They did what they had to do. And at the same time, like we talked about how uh, their regular season resume, while it led to a very good record, you look at the teams that they beat, it's like, okay, not super impressive. I mean, obviously Dallas, right? But outside of that, like they didn't beat a whole lot of good teams and the better teams that they beat were playing pretty bad at the time that they beat them. So it's there were never any wins where you're like, okay, yep, this this makes me really think that they're on par with you know the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills, like the ones that we really knew were threats to win the the Super Bowl this year. And then it's it's kind of hard to knock them down a peg when they're in the Super Bowl, but like they had an unfathomably fortunate road to the Super Bowl. Like you can't discount that. So we don't really know who the Eagles are yet. And we are going to find out very quickly because the Chiefs have been there and done that. Like that experience is going to Definitely going to be something in their favor. All of what you just said leads me to the text that I sent you yesterday where I was like, honestly, the way I feel about this game is that you could tell me that any outcome is going to happen in this game. Chiefs, Chiefs win in a blowout. Eagles win in a blowout. Either team wins close. And I'd believe you because I just have no idea what to expect. Yeah mostly from the Eagles, but kind of from either of these teams. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny with the Eagles that we're sitting here. We have, what, 20 weeks of football to evaluate them on. Mm-hmm. And we're still sitting here. We're like, ah, are the Eagles good? I don't know. Is Jalen Hurts a franchise quarterback? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm still trying <laughs> to find out because, like, yes, they've dominated the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. But, like, even last week, they win 31 to seven against the 49ers. Yeah. And if you would have told me like going into last week or going into the last game that they were going to beat the 49ers that badly, I would be like, holy shit. 
the Eagles are legit. This might be one of the best teams we've seen in recent memory. But obviously, Purdy gets hurt early in that game. Yep. And the 49ers literally cannot throw the ball forward for the majority of that game. They had to bring Purdy back in with like a torn ligament in his elbow. McCaffrey actually had to throw the ball at a certain point. Like, that's how bad it got. And when the other team is by injury to a point where they can't sustain a drive more than like six plays at any point. It makes putting up those points on a defense like that a lot less impressive because like your points for drive go down quite a bit. Then, Well, the other issue too, the 49ers also had 11 penalties for 80 yards. Yeah. Like they just completely fell apart after Brock got hurt. Yeah, and uh, I mean, in fairness to the defense, like when you see that injury happen and Josh Johnson is coming in at quarterback and then Josh Johnson gets hurt, like you know you have to pull off something miraculous to give your team a shot. And instead of just playing their game, they were clearly pressing and made mistakes because of it. Yeah, and I'm not saying all this to to take away from the Eagles because like they took care of business. They did what they should have done against both of the last two teams they played. But in all of this winning they've done, the thing that's got lost in the playoffs is that like, I don't know that Jalen Hurts has showed us yet that he's a legitimate playoff quarterback. Yeah. I mean, 15 for 25 last week for 121, 11 rushes for 39 and a touchdown. Yeah. And like, wasn't that much better against the Giants. So it's, it's still like, it's hard to tell. And I feel like the, the story of this game is going to be based on the result mm-hmm. where if the Eagles dominate this game, we're just going to say like, oh, of course we should have known that they were the best team all season. They yeah. dominated everyone. And if the Eagles get killed, we're going to say, oh, well, you know, they obviously were only there because they played shit teams on the way. Yeah. And like neither of those narratives is probably fair, but I feel like that's where we're heading. We know how uh, how narratives work in the media because they're not subtle. <laughs> they're just not. <laughs> um, so it, it's kind of unavoidable at this point. But we as individuals can at least take this opportunity to have this game be a little bit of a litmus test to, you know, test how accurate our evaluations and assumptions of these teams are. Yeah. But no matter what happens, there's going to be two guys sitting across from a desk, each other from each other on ESPN on Monday. And one of them is going to say Jalen hurts is a franchise quarterback. And the other one's going to say he's not. So, yeah. I mean, speaking of narratives, from a narrative perspective, who needs to win this game the most? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Mahomes. Honestly, I I was real tempted to go with Hertz or Sirianni or just the Eagles in general, but when I really take a step back and think about it, like there was some expectation that they could be a good team this year. But they've already overachieved preseason expectations. That doesn't mean that Philly fans are necessarily always rational. Uh, so 
Uh, not that that necessarily means anything, but can we just be honest man. that no matter what happens in this game, Philadelphia is going to be on fire next week. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> They're yes. going to light it on fire. If they win to celebrate, they're going to light it on fire. Yeah. If they lose. Yeah. I mean, they, they've already like started like lubricating, uh, like lamp poles so that people won't be climbing up them. Uh, but look with Mahomes, it's not, he's not at a place where art where obviously he needs to prove that he's a great quarterback, but he is still currently at a point in his career where he has to continue to build his resume to be one of the greatest of all time. Like it's been off to a great start, but still a lot left to build to create a foundation for that. Um, you wouldn't know it from listening to the media this week, though. <laughs> right. But, uh, man, like, losing to Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl when he looked like utter garbage last year in his first playoff game, and the Eagles have a somewhat shaky resume for how many games they have won, like, that does not necessarily lend itself well to creating a resume that would in a lot of ways although maybe not as severe look very very similar to LeBron being shut down by JJ Perea in the NBA finals the goat moment for short white point guards (laughs) yeah I, I agree with you so from a narrative perspective which you know is not always how football should be judged but how much better does two and one in the Super Bowl sound than one and two? Oh, from a narrative perspective, it makes a big difference. Like, is there a bigger, like, it just feels like such a big difference. It's one yeah. game, right? But one yeah. and two versus two and one sounds so huge. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think if there was any, like, does O and one or one and O sound bigger than that? I don't really think so, even though it's the same thing. The only other one I could think of is like four and three versus three and four. Because three and four just feels like it sounds so much worse than four and three. That one doesn't get me nearly as bad. Oh, because like you still got it done three times. Like one and two, that one can be a fluke. Yeah, that one and two is tough. I was thinking like four and three, but like, honestly, how many people win four Super Bowls? Like, I mean, it's not like you even have any quarterback who could have possibly made seven Super Bowls, right? That's a lot of Super Bowls. What quarterback could have ever made seven Super Bowls? What about 10 Super Bowls? I mean, I mean, a quarterback like that, he would have to, I don't know. Throw away his entire family. Ooh, low blow. <laughs> low blow for the retired goat. But yeah, I just, I think two and one just sounds so much better than one and two, especially if it's like, man, they won that San Francisco Super Bowl like by a fingertip. You know, literally, if Jimmy yeah. G hits that one throw mm-hmm. and San Francisco wins, and then you get dominated by uh, the aforementioned goat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a Super Bowl. And now, like, 
I mean, depending on how this one goes, I, I do think there's some potential that Philly has a similar game to uh, what the Buccaneers did to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Obviously, it's a very, very different Chiefs team, and the offensive line is like infinitesimally better than it was the last time they were in the Super Bowl. So don't expect to see Patrick Mahomes running for his life. But like from an on-field perspective, uh, half an hour into the podcast, when you're looking at Philly's defense, you're talking about uh, an all-star secondary. Mm-hmm. Basically, the best secondary in the league. They were number one against the pass in DVOA and in uh, yards allowed per game. And a pass rush that racked up more sacks than any other team in the league this year. I don't think that really puts it into perspective. So I'll I'll phrase it another way. And Damakung Sue is coming off the bench. One of the best pass rushing interior defensive linemen of all time rides the bench. You let that sink in for a minute. But <laughs> yeah, so I mean, what did the Buccaneers do to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl a couple years ago? Well they said us. Yeah, they I mean they <laughs> pressured the shit out of Mahomes. And then like Tom Brady honestly wasn't like that phenomenal no. in that game. I think he he threw for like 227 yards or something like that, like two touchdowns and a pick. Like mm-hmm. he, he didn't need to be that good because the team effort kind of is what dominated the chiefs. Yeah. So like, is that a possibility for the Eagles? Like, of course it is. That's what they've been doing all season. Yeah. The question for me is, is the moment too big for Jalen Hurts, someone who is still to this point not really impressed at any point in the playoffs, which is not what is being asked of him. Don't get me wrong. But this is definitely a game that is going to put him in positions where maybe he doesn't necessarily have to put up 350 yards, but he will be forced to make throws that will very likely determine the outcome of the game. And, you know, I mentioned the experience the Chiefs have on their side. That is not something that a ton of players on this version of the Eagles currently has. Um, Not saying that it's necessarily a huge deal for all of them. I mean, I don't really expect someone like Darius Slay to be bothered by that at all. But Jalen Hurts is still a very young player. And he's still got a lot to prove. And this is a big moment for him. One of the key things that Tom Brady's talked about with Super Bowl experience isn't necessarily like being nervous because you're on such a big stage. Because those nerves, I guess, go away after the first, you know, you get out there, you start hitting people, you start getting into the game, and all of a sudden you're just playing yeah. a football game. Tom has always said that it's more of like a knowing kind of what to do, if that makes sense. So the best example is that like the halftime is way longer than a typical halftime. And yeah. so you have to like have your body prepared in a different way than usual to come out in that second half because you have such a long break between snaps. So it's it's just like stuff like that. It's just preparing yourself for the day 
and not getting too in your head. Uh, and mm-hmm. the Chiefs have been there now uh, three times in four seasons. So yeah, they definitely have the advantage of being, but it wasn't that long ago the Eagles were in the Super Bowl and mm-hmm. there are a lot of key members of this team that were on that Super Bowl team when they beat. Yeah, I, I would Bowl. say the, the offensive line is definitely where you're seeing like the bulk of that. But there's definitely a, been a significant amount of turnover on that offense and other positions on like the skill position players, obviously quarterback, not near, not as much on defense. Some of those, those guys were still there, but I mean, there's, there's been some turnover there as well, but I'm not as worried about that as I am about the guys on offense that are, you know, supposed to be putting up the points against the best quarterback in the league. Yeah. And that's kind of where my biggest question is right now too. You mentioned Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league. Probably. I still, part of me is still so mad that the Bengals lost that game. Cause I wanted to be able to do my Joe Burrow wins big games thing again. Uh, but yeah. credit, credit to Patrick Mahomes because just such a gutsy performance. Yeah. And speaking of quarterbacks who win big games, Patrick Mahomes has been known to do that from time to time. So I got to give, give him a little bit more credit than maybe I've given him so far in the playoffs. But that my big question is like, okay, we mentioned how great Philly's defense was this season. We mentioned how great the secondary was. The three best quarterbacks they played this season were Dak Prescott twice, Aaron Rodgers, and Kirk Cousins. They have not seen a quarterback this season who is even in the same stratosphere as Patrick Mahomes. So how do you hold up when it's not like these, you know, those guys are top 15, probably top 16, wherever you want to put them. Now we're talking about like number one, numero uno. Yeah. One of the best quarterbacks that we've probably <laughs> Two at the seen. absolute worst. Yeah, two. I mean, we've had him all over the place this season, but yeah, I mean, we're talking about one of the best players in the league and one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen from a talent perspective. Yeah. So how do you hold up against that? I will say the one thing going in their favor is that ankle injury just from the standpoint of his plays have to be a little bit more on schedule. Not that Patrick Mahomes can't occasionally still be Patrick Mahomes and buy time, but with the pass rushers that the Eagles have, he is going to really struggle to do that kind of magical buy time, scramble around forever, and then you know, hit the big play when coverage has broken down because he's been running around forever. You can prepare a lot better for knowing like, hey, this ball's got to be out in three or four seconds. Yeah, but they've done that at the best rate all season as well. I mean, number one passing offense in the league. We kind of talked about this before the season even started is that we were excited to see how this offense looked without Tyreek Hill. Because he was going to have to play more in structure of the offense. 
And while yeah. the stats may not be as crazy, he might have been a better quarterback this season. I would say he definitively is. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say we saw that come to fruition is like yeah. he's he's played a little bit more quarterback, a little bit less backyard football. Yeah. I, and that's what's I, eliminated I, some of the issues that we saw last year with him. Yeah, I. It might be a little hot takey, but I would I would take this Patrick Mahomes over the guy who threw 50 touchdowns. Because I believe that this guy is more likely to win you the Super Bowl than that guy. Because he's just going to make the right play. He's not going to be a chucker, to use a basketball term. And I think that's kind of what doomed them in the last Super Bowl, too. Mm -hmm. Is that, obviously, the offensive line had massive issues, but they were like, it'll be fine. We'll just rely on Patrick Mahomes to bail us out the entire time. There have been worse strategies, in fairness. I, I was going to say, in fairness, it's not always a bad strategy, but just didn't work with what they were up against. Yeah. Especially with like the issues they were having on that offensive line. But now, you know, although the weapons may not be as good and they may not be as healthy uh, in the wide receiving core as they would like to be, it is, I, I strangely like have more faith in them as well. You know, and I look at it and I'm like, okay, well, you still got Mahomes, you still got Kelsey. And I've talked about this before, where like when you have someone like Kelsey who like Travis Kelsey reminds me of Steph Curry in a way, because of the gravity that he creates on a football field. Yeah. Like we talk about this in the NBA that Steph Curry just does things to a defense that other players don't do because you have to be yeah. worried about him in so many different areas of the court and he creates gravity that gets open shots for other guys. Yep. That was, that was my whole argument why he could have been number one on our list. And we take a look at that in football. Well, Travis Kelsey is creating these one-on-one scenarios for the wide receivers on his team. And Quite frankly, if you are playing wide receiver in the NFL, you had better be able to win a one-on-one matchup and get some yards after catch. Like if you do, don't have that ability, then you probably shouldn't be in the league. It is like, kind of funny. You just referred to our NBA top 30 list, and we had that whole argument about Giannis versus Curry going into last yeah. season. Because when I think about the big tight end argument, it's usually like Gronk versus Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And I think you could probably make an argument that it's basically Giannis versus Curry all over again. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, one, one guy creates all this gravity, and one guy's the fucking Kool Aid Man going, oh, oh, oh yeah, So, yeah, I mean, I Kelsey uh, just I think just passed Julian Edelman for second most catches in the playoffs ever, and actually may have a legitimate shot to catch Jerry Rice at some point, <laughs> which is fucking insane to say he won't catch him in yards yeah. but catches uh is actually looking like a possibility he's absolutely incredible and i think that you know we say this before is like you can give me all the x's and o's and you can say the secondary is great and the pass rush is awesome and blah 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 but mm-hmm. sometimes you just have patrick mahomes and travis kelsey one of one of the things that consistently happens in the nfl is Someone breaks out. Someone has a big year. Over the offseason, 
uh, defensive coordinators in the NFL, they take note of that. They make some adjustments. They do some research. And very often, those guys that like really pop off, they kind of simmer back down a lot. And the fact that these two guys just year after year are just the same level of productive. Um, obviously, maybe like if you look at Mahomes, he's come down a little bit and productive, but we just talked about how he's actually better now because of that. I don't really know that there's anything that you can do to stop the Mahomes-Kelsey connection. And trying to stop that actually might be a team's downfall. You are probably better off focusing on making sure that the other stuff on that team is not able to beat you because you can maybe like slow down that connection, but you can't stop it. You can only hope to contain them. I feel like that's in part what happened with the Bengals last week is like they, not that they slowed Kelsey down really, because he had seven for 78 (laughs) and a touchdown. But um, like I said, like he creates this certain gravity and allows someone like Marquez Valdez Scantling to go for six catches, 116 yards and a touchdown himself. You know, so the Eagles are going to be super careful about that. I'm also really interested to see if the Chiefs do struggle passing the ball if they can be patient and run it a little bit more with like Pacheco and McKinnon and those guys, because that theoretically is the weakness of the Philadelphia defense is that the rush defense hasn't been phenomenal this season and kind of like that middle level, the linebacker level uh, is not as good as the other two levels. Yeah. Which is like not, not that much of an insult because the other two levels are so freaking good. Right. And for as great, of a pass rusher as Chris Jones is, he is equally not great as a run stopper. <laughs> so and it just really comes down to his play stop. Like you, you can't be that aggressive and still be consistent against the run because that aggressiveness is going to eventually be used against you. So uh, I would not be surprised if, especially given that the the run concepts that the Eagles like to use, if they don't specifically try to use that against Chris Jones. That being said, this is also a team coached by Nick Sirianni. So Miles Sanders won't be getting the ball. So the game is already over. So where are you leaning in this game? Who are you who are you gonna go with? So when I try to look at this like really nuts and bolts and logically, I'm very torn. It's really hard to pick one side or another. I've mentioned the experience thing before, and quite frankly, I will not be caught dead picking against 
Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl with a quarterback that I am not 100% on board with. So I, I, I have to go Chiefs here. If we are at a coin flip scenario, Mahomes is an easy tiebreaker for me. Yeah, I think so. I agree with you. I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well. With all of the uncertainty we have surrounding this game, like I said, I would believe you if you told me Philly was going to win by 30. I'd believe you if you told me the Chiefs were going to win by 30. Mm -hmm. Just not knowing where to go. I'm going to go with the one thing that I do know. And what I do know is that the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And that when you have those two guys, you can win any game. Right. You can win any game. And I'm I'm comfortable with that. I also think the Chiefs have the coaching edge with Reed versus Sirianni. I think Sirianni's been way better than uh, I expected him to be this season. To be honest, like I'll I'll give him credit for that. I think he's done a phenomenal job. Yeah. But I mean, I think Andy Reed is like actually legitimately a really great coach. And if he wins the Super Bowl, you may start arguing for like top ten all time for him. Uh, and he's been here before. He's kind of been there, done that. They've, this yeah. is their third Super Bowl in four years. He has the experience, and uh, yeah, man, I'm just I'm hoping for a good game. Honestly, like I feel like the playoffs this year have not lived up to the playoffs from last year. No, and last year's Super Bowl is was really good. It ended up being a great game. I'm just hoping that we can get a good one in here. I don't want to, I don't want like a blowout. I would love to see a close game, something exciting. Yeah. Especially just this year's playoffs have just overall been a bit of a letdown. Like the games that were like close and kind of fun to watch were not necessarily like the high profile ones that we were like really looking forward to. There were ones that were like, oh my God. They were supposed to kill them. Looking at you, Bills. <laughs> uh, Chiefs Bengals was good yeah. last week. Yeah, you know we we didn't really get a chance to do like a recap of that game. We don't have to no. like rehash it, but ended up being a good game with kind of a bummer of an ending. Um, but still fun. Like I felt like that one kind of lived up to the hype. Yeah, yeah. And look, I mean, with this game, obviously. We haven't talked about A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown could certainly be a game changer. The reason I am not treating that the same way I am treating Travis Kelsey is that he is going to be dependent on Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts is the one that we have repeatedly talked about us just not knowing what to make of. But yeah, like if he steps up, then AJ Brown can easily step in as that dude. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how he does in this game too. But we're both going Chiefs, rolling with Patrick Mahomes. That's something I can live with because if I pick Patrick Mahomes and I lose, I can live with that. If I pick against Patrick Mahomes and I lose, I'm going to feel like an idiot. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's. It's not a good feeling. No. So uh, aside from the game, one of the other super fun things that comes with the Super Bowl is the gambling and the fact that there are all sorts of crazy prop bets 
that you can place yes. all over the internet. Like, what color is the Gatorade going to be that's dumped on the winning coach? What's the first song that Rihanna's going to sing in the halftime show? What color is her dress going to be? So as we do every year, I've made up my own prop bets. I'm going to throw you, I'm going to throw these at you, and I want you to tell me if you would go over or under. Wait, is were you putting these together as we were doing this? I was writing these as we were recording the podcast. I'm a renaissance. Oh my God. I, I've never been more proud of you. You're actually going to be even more impressed when you realize that these are good. <laughs> so prop bet number one. As we all know, Tom Brady is officially retiring from football for now. And we're assuming that he's going to pick up his contract with Fox to be an analyst next season and be in the booth. The Super Bowl this year is on Fox. So, Matt, how many times will the Fox announcers mention that Tom Brady is coming to Fox? Over, under, 17 and a half times. Uh, is there an option for a super over? There actually, I just saw a bet. I saw a prop bet earlier that said, how many times will Tom Brady be mentioned during the Super Bowl over under 1.5? And I, if they are offering that on your sports book, I want you to smash the over. I want you to take your life yeah. savings out of your bank account and smash that over. Seriously. 1.5 times. Are you kidding me? It's absurd. Number two. Andy Reid used to coach the Philadelphia Eagles. How many times will that be mentioned in the Super Bowl? Over under five and a half. I'm going to go under against my better judgment. <laughs> this Super Bowl marks the first Super Bowl in NFL history where two brothers are playing against each other. It's just two brothers. Just two brothers <laughs> playing football. Uh, Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs, and Jason Kelsey, yeah. the center for the Eagles. How many times are we going to hear that there are two brothers playing each other over under two and a half? Over. I think so, too. Yeah, easily over. The best prop bet I came up with. <laughs> I don't. I didn't know what number to put on this. The number of times Nick Sirianni willingly gives Miles Sanders the ball. <laughs> Over under 4.5. Oof. Willingly? Willingly. So Jalen Hurts cannot throw it to him. They have to hand it to Miles Sanders, and that has to be the plan. I'm... I'm going to go over only because I think he's going to get exactly five carries. Matt and I have talked for like two years now about how much Nick Sirianni hates Miles Sanders. Seriously. I don't, he had two touchdowns last week. He, the first time he was in the end zone, I was like, there is no way that Nick Sirianni gave Miles Sanders that ball. Boston Scott must have had to pee. He hates Miles Sanders so much that I'm convinced that his, like the first, his thing, his wife must have done when he got the job here was went and fucked Miles Sanders. It is ridiculous. His aversion to giving him the ball. Nick Sirianni hates Miles Sanders more than I hate the state of Georgia. <laughs> and that's saying something after last week, Georgia. No, I'm just kidding. I actually love Georgia. I will say we went to get barbecue while I was there. 
mm-hmm. and the barbecue there is amazing. Uh, it's amazing. They have Atlanta has the the best aquarium that I've ever seen. It's super cool. Like, legitimately, go see it if you're there. Yeah, no, it's a super cool city. I was born in Atlanta, so I'm just teasing all the people from Georgia who are still listening to this podcast. But like, to oh, be they, honest, they they tuned out a long time ago. They tuned out after episode <laughs> seven when we made a vow to mention the Falcons blowing a twenty-eight to three lead on the <laughs> podcast every single episode. Uh, no, we love you, Georgia. You have excellent barbecue and just really disappointing pro football team and you need to legalize teams in general yeah and you need to legalize gambling well they have the bulldogs yeah that's two national championships teams. in a row but, yeah that, that's uh, i mean i guess yeah. the the braves got better i'll give them that the braves are good the hawks are pretty disappointing i that was the other thing i wanted to tell you so my first night in georgia i was at the hotel and i was like oh man i could watch the hawks play tonight uh, because for as disappointing as they've been this season, I still think Trey Young is like a top five watch in the league. Like if I'm ranking my top yeah. five NBA players to watch, he's easily up there. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch him. It's going to be so cool because like local television, right? They were at Portland tipping off at 10 p.m. I was like, God damn it. I was sitting in my room at like 7 p.m. And I was like, I'm going to check out this game and place a bet on it. And I couldn't do either. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Trey Young is incredibly fun to watch. Um, probably incredibly frustrating to coach, but. We're going to do that. So in a couple weeks here, we're going to switch over to the NBA. Yeah. And I think that's going to be one of the first podcasts is like, who are your top five favorite NBA players to watch this season? We'll start, start throwing some NBA content at you. But do you have any other thoughts on the Super Bowl? We're both going Chiefs. Just want a fun Super Bowl. I'm keeping my fingers crossed, man. Yeah. Regardless, there's probably going to be enough beer in me for it to not matter. But yeah, what are you talking? You're not even going to remember the Super Bowl. (laughs) The the peak, the peak Super Bowl outcome for this podcast is that the game goes to overtime and Miles Sanders scores a walk off touchdown. Yeah, and Nick Sirianni has to deal with the consequences of that. Yeah, and Nick Sirianni's wife meets him in the end zone. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that is it for us. As always, Fouled Out can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, anywhere you get your podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at Fouled Out Sports. You can find Matt on Twitter at Matador underscore defense. You can find our videos on TikTok at Fouled Out Sports Podcast. It's a long name, but you can't miss it. Matt, pretty damn good job for a podcast that we were not fully prepared for. (laughs) this week or uh, remotely prepared ever for. yeah <laughs> uh we will be back next next couple of weeks we're coming back next week to break down the results of the super bowl uh start talking about narrative impacts and what we saw on the field the mm-hmm. week after that we will do biggest nfl storylines to watch in the off season make some predictions about what's going to happen mm-hmm. uh and then i think we're going to switch over to nba my friend i'm excited for the super bowl i'm excited to do the Super Bowl recap and offseason preview. But I'm equally as excited to get into some NBA because 
we have not really had that opportunity mm-hmm. for a while and I do miss me some basketball. So I'm looking forward to it as well, but it's been a hell of a football season and we've, we've had fun coming at you guys every week since man, we've been doing football since five weeks before the season even started. You know, yeah. we had the divisional previews, we had the fantasy football preview, and then we were on here every single week until last week. So uh, it's been a great season. Thank you guys for sticking with us and hope you all enjoy the Super Bowl. Yes. Have fun. Stay safe or, you know, whatever you choose to do. I'm not going to judge you. If you're in Philly, don't climb a lamppost. They're all greased. Yeah. Careful. But all right, my yeah. friend, I will see you soon. Later. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, Robert. Bye, Mom. <laughs>